from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome. Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. We're live on your favorite social media platforms like YouTube and LinkedIn, Twitter, now X, Twitch, Rumble, and Facebook. Thank you all for being here this morning. It's Wednesday. We've got a packed, packed show this hump day as we're rounding the corner into the weekend and Veterans Day this Friday, uh, by the way, for all of y'all. Typically, we do a Veteran November series. Um, and in the last few years, I haven't been very good at doing it because of bandwidth issues. Um, and obviously, uh, after October 7th, I haven't had really time to do anything. I do have one interview I'll be posting on Friday with several veterans, and I'll be posting some stuff um, on social media that day. I'm highlighting all the great veterans we've had on the show over time. So you can go and check that out and, 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 and give them the thanks for their service. So without further ado, if you're not an annual subscriber on our Substack, you should be because here's what you get. A travel espresso mug. That's right. An awesome, exhilarating, keeping your espresso warm for so, so long. It's amazing. Trust me, you'll want one. Go to jamesazar.substack.com. in the show notes. You can subscribe there on our Substack. There's exclusive content that goes only to our paid subscribers on Substack. So without further ado, join me for this double espresso. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Good espresso. Let's go ahead and get the show going. We're going to kick off this morning with something a little different, y'all. And here's why. A huge reform bill coming through to overhaul uh, uh, Section 702 of the surveillance law. This measure was introduced yesterday. And it's going on a collision course with what the administration is actually asking to what Congress is willing to go with here. Um, and this is a bipartisan legislation that was introduced on Tuesday, meaning this isn't a party issue. This is a White House versus Congress. This is part of the FISA Act. Uh, those have heard about it. It's Section 702 of the FISA Act, which is set to expire at the end of this year. It includes a range of proposals designed to modernize surveillance law and improve privacy protections. This is significant because one of the things the government does, and we'll talk about that in just a second, is they'll buy data from data brokers. And we know because earlier this week, they talked about a story where data brokers were actually selling U.S. Uh, member uh, service member data, health data, and financial data to all kinds of parties, irregardless to who it is, meaning data brokers don't really care. The government's buying the data, so they're essentially using data brokers to surveil Americans. They're not doing anything about it, and then they're buying that data, violating your privacy. So when people always tell you kind of like, you know, I don't care who sees it, you should because that data is being collected by all kinds of companies and all kinds of governments and all kinds of people and all kinds of bodies. And this is significant. If you're a cybersecurity practitioner, then you understand that privacy and the ability to know where your data is and who can access it is significant. We focus all of our efforts as practitioners into doing so. And here, the time has come now where a bill, uh, the introduction of this legislation is co-sponsored by nine Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and another 12 House representatives of both parties. So, before the bill was even introduced, the senior administration officials briefed reporters on what they described being making it an unworkable requirement while cautioning that it hadn't yet read the measure. And 
So the tool has been repeatedly abused by the FBI. FISA has been, there's all different things to go with that of how it's been abused over time and how there's really no consequences for people who abuse it because there's really little oversight over this whole thing. And this kind of goes into the whole discussion. What does this mean for practitioners? A whole ton. Because if this goes the way the administration wants it to go, the way the White House and really the intel agency wants it to go, I'll tell you what the issue would be. Unlimited surveillance power. Yeah, they say they want to limit it, but they want to keep it as it is. They even want to lower standards because they don't want to have to answer to anyone. There's got to be oversight over this process. You can't use what you spy internationally for homeland security on American citizens without a valid warrant without a real case and people will argue this point with me and that's fine we can debate it all you want this is significant because on the other end a judge has unsealed the ftc complaint against kova alleging staggering data broker practices the idaho federal judge on friday unsealed the ftc complaint alleging that data broker firm kova illegally obtains and sells shocking amount of highly sensitive information about consumers including mobile device IDs, yearly income, app usage, and nearly real-time geolocation within 10 meters of where they're at. The complaint filed in August of 2022, claiming their business practices violated Section 5 of the FTC Act, which barred companies from using unfair or deceptive practices and made the judge rule that the FTC had not provided sufficient evidence in its complaint, but gave the agency an opportunity to build more evidence and file an amended complaint once it's done so. The FTC did file an amended complaint in June. Friday's ruling to unseal the complaint and dismiss sanctions against the FTC is a promising turnaround. In the case, the quickly expanding data broker industry is under increasing scrutiny. It needs to be regulated. We've talked about it. Um, the Kova company has not responded to a request for comment on their site, but you can tell that they are selling data right or left. And here's why I say this is important because just like other companies buy data, Threat actors do, and they'll buy this data if they want to target your organization, if they want to do corporate espionage here. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about getting initial access, which we're going to get to in just a moment. I'm talking about obtaining real corporate espionage of your organization. I can go to data brokers and I can buy the data and it's readily available, readily available. I don't know what can be done about it. I don't have all the answers, but I do know this. This is significant. It's a threat. needs to be addressed. This is where we need government to regulate. Not when we report a data breach or how often or to who. That would be nice if they centralize it. But this is where we need regulation, and it does not exist at all. At all. The failure to look at the root cause of the problem has always been an issue. Always. The FBI, for their end, are now releasing a fresh warning on ransomware operators compromising third-party vendors and services to abuse initial access to a victim environment. The FBI continues to track the reporting of third-party vendors and services as, as an attack vector for ransomware incidents. Again, look at Okta um, and, and so many others. That's where they're going to target their victims. Um, and that's how they're getting initial access. The FBI is saying to mitigate the risk of ransomware, they're encouraging organizations to create backups, review the security posture of third-party vendors, secure user accounts in compliance with NIST, recommended policies, implement phishing-resistant MFA, and network segmentation, and monitor for suspicious activity, disable unused ports and services, 
and keep all systems and applications all updated. So there's that from the FBI. On that end, Shield's Ready Initiative has just kicked off preparing critical infrastructure organizations for potential disruption and building resilience into systems, facilities, and processes. This is a joint effort by the DHS, CISA, and FEMA announcing the launch of Shield's Ready Campaign to promote critical national infrastructure security and resilience. It's focused on broad strategic strategies for preparing critical infrastructures organizations for potential disruption. Obviously, geopolitically, everything is heating up right now. Uh, and the main concern of anyone in Homeland Security is the resiliency of our critical infrastructure, meaning take down the grid in New York, what happens? Take down the grid in California, what happens? And so the Shields Ready Initiatives is urging CNI's critical infrastructure organizations to provide more resilience in the systems by taking actions before a crisis or incident even occurs. There's four key messages. Identify the critical systems and assets and their dependencies and other infrastructure systems that enable the continuity of their operations. Consider the full range of threats and hazards that could disrupt infrastructure operations and evaluate specific vulnerabilities and consequences. Develop both a strategic risk management plan to reduce the risks and vulnerabilities identified, as well as actionable incident response and recovery plans to withstand disruptions and rapidly restore operations, and exercise IR and recovery plans under realistic conditions and periodically evaluate and update strategic plans. The U.S. critical infrastructure entities from schools to hospitals to water facilities must have the tools and resources to respond and recover, according to Jen Easterly, CISA director. So this is being spearheaded with FEMA. We'll see how well that does. The Singapore's fancy Marina Bay Sands luxury result revealed that they experienced a security breach that impacted 665,000 of their customers. There's no indication to date if the Sands Rewards Club Casino Rewards Program was impacted as well. The resort, which is owned by the Las Vegas Sands, discovered on October 20th that an authorized third party had gained access to shopping membership program on October 19th and 20th. So 665,000. You see casinos really getting hit recently. Almost a trend. The North Korean-backed Blue Noroff threat group is targeting Apple customers with a new macOS malware tracked as OBJCS shells that can open remote shells on compromised devices. These guys are a financially motivated group known for attacking cryptocurrency exchanges and financial organizations like venture capital firms and banks worldwide. The malicious payload, which was observed by the Jamf malware analyst, communicates with the SwissBorg.blog, an attacker-controlled domain registered on May 31st and hosted at an IP address of 104.168.214.151, which is part of their infrastructure. The command and control domain mimics the websites of a legitimate cryptocurrency exchange available at SwissBorg.com slash blog. All data transferred to the server split into two strings and stitched together on the other end to evade static-based detection. In this campaign, the actors reach out to targets claiming to be interested in partnering with or offering them something beneficial under the guise of an investor or headhunter. Uh, these guys often create a domain that looks like it belongs to a legitimate crypto company in order to blend in with network activity. So Kaspersky's highlighted this as well. Be mindful of these domain as be mindful of them as well and a new set of malicious python packages are making their way into the pypy repository with the ultimate aim of stealing sensitive information from compromised developer systems 
The packages masquerade as seemingly inconscious obfuscation tools, but harbor a piece of malware called Blaze Stealer, according to check marks. Uh, Blaze Stealer retrieves an additional malicious script from an external source, enabling a Discord bot that gives attackers complete control over the victim's computer, according to Yuda Gelb uh, from Checkmarks. The campaign, which commenced in January of 2023, entails a total of eight packages named, um, see all the names on here, I'm not going to go ahead and say them, in a, and they're in the show notes, so you can check it out there. These modules come with a setup.py and an initiate.py files that are designed to retrieve Python script hosted on the transfer.sh with get executed immediately upon installation. So you've got those there. A majority of the downloads associated with the rogue packages originate from the US, followed by China, Russia, Ireland, Hong Kong, Croatia, France, and Spain. They collectively had about 2,400 downloads before being taken down. So there's that. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this week and a whole lot more. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Y'all are most poorly. Stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.